BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit... Please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. We're back for more. I did a show today at 1 o'clock, and now we're doing the Prospects Power Half Hour Live. It's 5 o'clock on the Palazzo YouTube channel. Please subscribe to L2Z's. You, you just heard that. Give me two. We've got a special guest today to talk Brewers and Reds. We're going to give you the next big three for the Brewers and the Red Systems. We'll give you the top three and the next big three. My partner, Ben Chase, is here with me as always. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing well. Digging out of more snow, but that's living in South Dakota. So, you know, but we get... We have the state basketball tournament. The girls' state basketball tournament is here in town, and so that's my life for the next few days. So, all right, life of a newspaper reporter. When you have a state tournament in town, that becomes your life for the day. Hey, so. basketball and snow, nothing changes. The more it stays the same. And then we've got Chris Blessing here, live from Baseball HQ, among other places. Welcome aboard, the master himself, Chris Blessing. Thanks for joining us today to talk Blues and Reds. Next big three. Well, thank you for having me. This is awesome, man. Uh, I've listened to several of your podcasts. Uh, always nice and entertaining. So uh, I'm pleased to be on here. And we were just talking before we went live how I've seen Chris talk at First Pitch Arizona, which is a wonderful baseball HQ event that happens generally every Arizona Fall League for four days, three days. You know, some people turn it into a four-day weekend and uh, hadn't had a chance to really engage with him too much because, as you said, it's just a whirlwind when you go there. And I'm sure, it is. especially for you, a lot of people want to pick your brain about a lot of stuff. Yeah, and and also, I, I'm at kind of a, a, I don't know, I'm not always there because I'm also working during that time as well. I go out to the Fall League. In 2021, I went, uh, I did a lot of backfield scouting. Uh, I went to the Rangers Complex. Uh with a group of people. I went with a, a scouting buddy to the White Sox Dodgers prospect, uh, uh, complex. So like, I'm not always there. The The only time you really get to see me is usually when I'm presenting or if I, if it's after eight o'clock, uh, um, <laughs> I, I avoid the poker room. I, you know, we'll do a yeah. podcast occasionally, but like other than that, um, I'm, I'm out there hanging out after eight o'clock. Yeah, I have not played in the poker game either. I really do try to absorb a lot. I try to connect with new people, and then I also want to learn. So that's that's what I'm all about there. I should take more advantage of the games, which I tried to do a little bit more at the last first pitch of 2022, which it's always a good time. You get a chance to go see games and see players in real time when nobody else is really there. I mean, it's, it's an intriguing event, and people love Arizona Fall League, but it's usually sparsely populated, a lot of the games, especially the day games where – it's a two o'clock game or a one o'clock game, right? Didn't you hang out with one of the prospects? 
I did. Yeah. Well, Ben set it all up because of adoptaminorleaguer.com. Ben connected with yeah. Justin Henry Malloy, who now is a Tiger, who at the time was yeah. still a Brave, which is Ben's favorite team. And now he's a Tiger, which is my team. So very fortuitous that it ended up working out that way. I actually messaged him the other night to see how he's doing because he was reassigned to minor league camp the other day. And he said he feels good and he's great and he's excited. Well, that's good. That's good. I, I saw a lot of him the last uh, two, three years because uh, he ended up at Georgia Tech and then um, yeah. playing for Rome in Mississippi. So he came through a few times for me. So uh, I was interested. You know, I think it was Jeff Ponce that told me that you had run into him. And I know Jeff's already been on here mm-hmm. talking cheesesteaks and pork rolls and all that good stuff when, yeah. he, uh, when he covered the Phillies organization. Yep. Yeah, we had him on the, for that episode talking Phillies and Blue Jays, which you guys can catch anytime. Those are all in perpetuity in our YouTube channel and your preferred podcast platform. All right, so let's dive into it then. We try to keep this to the prospects power half hour. Let's start with the Cincinnati Reds. Chris Blessing shouldn't be complicated. Your top three current Cincinnati Red prospects are? Uh, my uh, current top three is uh, Eli De La Cruz, uh, switch hitting shortstop. I've seen him at third base. He might be an outfielder. We don't know. A lot of uh, comparisons to O'Neill Cruz. Uh, uh, Novi Marte, who is now playing third base uh, for the team. And then my third one is Cam Collier, who is already a third baseman. And uh, he was drafted out of the junior college ranks. Took a really weird route there. I was supposed to see him last year as a junior in high school, but he was playing in community college. So uh, that is my top three. Okay, Ben, what's the disagreement? Or is it generally similar? Those are my same three. Collier, I think he's a guy who, if if I'm not mistaken, he was the youngest player in in the 2022 draft. If not, he was second youngest. But he was something to that effect. He was, but yet he was a Juco guy. So, but it was because he had reclassified and gone to junior college in order to reclassify. A lot of guys will reclassify a year ahead and just be a high school pick. He actually went the route of like kind of what Bryce Harper did, where he went to junior college and ended up coming out a year earlier with a year of playing some junior college ball against better competition, quote unquote, than what his high school would have allowed. But he ended up. You know, he went to a good junior college program, played a lot of what, you know, in that season, played some of the best junior college competition that you could get. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, did he not go to Cape Cod for at least a little bit? He did. Uh, actually, Jeff Ponce covered him there. Yeah. Um, huh. I, 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 I'm super familiar because I, I do some amateur scouting on a side for the for an organization. So I'm very uh, familiar with Cam Collier. First off, he's a second-generation player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Collier, do you guys remember Lou Stan, Collier? Yeah. He was uh, He's his dad. Um, he was at a very small Christian high school uh, out of the Atlanta area called Mount Perrin Christian uh, Academy. And I got to see him during his sophomore season a bunch. Uh, also, using my contacts, uh, I got to you know hear all about him and actually see video from, the, from those contacts at the various community college uh, events. So the junior college that he went to, they uh, every every February, before, well, actually every like late January, um, early February, they have a huge tournament down uh, in that part of Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was a part of that. And, and like, that's really uh, on the amateur side of things. That's really when guys are get to be seen in community college or yeah. in junior college. And he just lit it up against the best competition during those two, basically a two-week period. And uh, every eyeball was on him. But then during the season, there's not much to see in junior college other than Cam Collier. And you're also, you know, you got scouts looking at guys. So him going to the Cape Cod League probably got got additional eyes on him. There were some question marks whether he was a first-rounder coming into the spring uh i think that he obviously he 16th overall pick that, he yeah. he solved those 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 questions uh it's a hit over power uh type but if you look at him physically excuse me physically he looks like a dude that's gonna hit uh a good good amount of uh home runs uh, oh, yeah. 
when he does mature. It's just one of those things that I I feel because of his youth, he's going to be a little bit slower uh, than what we're used to. We're used to guys just going right through nowadays. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to be one of those guys. Yep. Fair. Okay. Wow. Exciting. Oh, by the way, Chris, I want to tell you, first time ever I read the Baseball HQ minor league analysis report the that was sent yeah. to me for my uh, going to first pitch in 2021. I loved it, by the way. I really liked what you did. Really well organized, but detailed. Led me on to a lot of new guys I wasn't aware of. So however much of the percentage of that whole thing you did, I want to give you credit for. I really did well, enjoy it and appreciate it. I want to make sure you know that. Thank you. I, I have 12 organizations, a bunch of bunch of different articles. Uh, this year for 2022, I've been uh, for our 2023 edition this offseason. I, I was actually kind of promoted to associate editor. So it, it's been great over, you know, great to be a part of that and be a part of uh, Ron Chandler's uh, baseball forecaster for like the last four years. Like, you know, I, I, I get to do things that are, uh, you know, legacy productions, uh, you know. Yeah. We don't get to be in books as much as we used to be because, you know, that's kind of dying out. But it's it's nice to go to the bookstore and see your name uh, on a uh, book cover, even if it's like associate editor. You know, Brent Brent takes all the credit because he is the editor. So, <laughs> yes, he's a very uh, Brent Hershey, a very egotistical man, obviously. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's uh, like the one thing. Yeah, yeah. That's really funny. It, for for the listeners, that's like the furthest from the truth. He's like oh, the yeah. nicest, absolute. Like the, I I am blessed in my day job and in my um my baseball job to have two of the best bosses I could ever have. And Brent Brent's so easygoing. Uh, and you know I I he, we actually do a podcast together called The Eyes Have It. And you know sometimes he's the one that has to calm me down. Um, <laughs> you know it's wow. just how it works sometimes. Okay. All right. Well, let's move into the next big three. Then we got the first three for the Cincinnati Reds. Chris Blessing. Chris Blessing. Give us your next big three for the Red Legs. Well, my my first one's uh, Edwin Arroyo, uh, shortstop prospect. Um, I have him um, ranked fourth. I have Spencer Steer ranked fifth. And then uh, I go with a. I, I was debating this. So, like, I, I have coverage of the Reds for our for our book, um, but it's now five mo- four months since I, you know, did anything for that. And we learned things. And I think I was tough on the in the book on Matt McLean specifically. So I've bumped him up to six in, in this. Uh, uh, he's a guy with a very high floor who struggled mightily last year with the swing and miss and um, dude doesn't chase. He has, he's very disciplined. I think what happened is he really um, went too far in the whole launch angle uh, in his swing. Uh, Mm. And it hurt a hit tool that I think underlying is at least an average hit tool. So uh, I I moved him up um, at the expense of somebody else that I'm sure Ben's about to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> give it to us ben so i mean this this kind of gets into we're, we're in the former twins section of the reds farm system um because really probably your next three four guys you know outside of mclean are former twins um but that's you know the three guys that i happen to mention uh, one is actually not a twin. It's Edwin Arroyo, he, which, uh, you know, Chris brought him up. Uh, but then two are former twins, and that's Spencer Steer. Uh, and he really should kind of take over their third base job. But that's only if the other guy that I'm going to mention, Christian Encarnacion Strand, doesn't. And the spring that that uh, CES is the guys um, who, I'm trying to remember, the... Uh, Cedar Rapids radio guys just would start hollering Cess, and and I I don't understand how that's his nickname, but that's what they would always just say when he hit a home run, and he hit a lot of them in Cedar Rapids. Um, but when the spring he is having, the growth that he has shown as a pro, 
I, I saw him in college, watched a little bit of him in college, and I thought this guy is a power over hit guy. I don't know if he sticks at third. But man, when he gets a hold of a ball, it's fun to watch. And he's added a lot of contact ability. He's able to handle third. I don't know if I like him staying there long term. But man, the bat has definitely moved up to the point where I think he is a legit big league bat. And, you know, he's got enough contact where he can at least let the power play. You know, that was a concern I even had in college is, yeah, the, the power's fun, but I don't know if he's going to hit enough. But he's he's definitely shown enough control of the bat to where I think he can make that power get there. Uh, but, yeah, McLean is another guy. He's McLean is such a fun athlete, and he's been such a great athlete since his high school days. It's just he's got to let that play on the field. That's the thing is he, sometimes he tries to do so much to get to his power, to get to things, you know, that he almost loses the athlete that he already is on the field. Yeah. Wow. yeah I agree yeah, with I that. Yeah. I, 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 I am going to, I am going to take the devil's advocate with uh, Christian Encarnacion's uh, strand, um, which he, he's wearing only Encarnacion on his uh, jersey. Yeah. So, I say wear that name proudly um, and go all the way in a circle. <laughs> all the way across, That's what yeah. you need to do. Uh, but <laughs> my my issue with him, I, I got to see him six games last year. I've talked to several scouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't see him sticking at third. Yeah. Um, even in the temporary, I don't think he's a good enough athlete. And that's that's the thing. I think he's a terrible athlete. I hate to say that. If I if I put a two on somebody, so our scouting scale goes from a two to an eight, like real real world scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, like this guy's a hitter, and he has absolutely no um, approach. Um, it's grip it or rip it. Um, he swung at fifty three percent, I think. No, fifty four percent of uh, the pitches that he faced last year. That's an extremely high amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, he swung and missed. Uh, a pretty significant amount of time. Let's see here. Uh, about 30, 31, 29, 30, around there, About we'll say around 30%. And then he also had a close to 40% chase rate. Uh, the zone miss uh, percentage, when I saw him live, his zone miss, meaning uh, the strikes that he swung through in the zone, were uh, was about 30%. Overall in the season, it was a lot less than that. So, uh, I expect him, like a lot of guys in spring training that have success early, as he's getting against better pitching, it's going to be harder to tread. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Ben's 100% correct about how hard he hits the ball. Uh, this guy just scolds the ball, but he swings at everything with no approach. He's just trying to hit it as hard as he can possibly hit it. Um, and, like, the ball carries off of his bat. You're right. Like he, he was a guy that was known as a, a, a hit, you know, maybe without an approach guy coming out of college and he's really improved his power game. Uh, uh, just it, it's a profile that our fantasy folks love. Okay. Fantasy folks love it. Real world scout guys um, hate it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this big disconnect. So what I do with these guys is I consider that maybe he's the one guy that can fix an approach in the upper minors. It's it's really just kind of hard, especially when you're as successful as he was last year. Um, you know, you just put up the stats there. Um, it was a pretty, uh, you know, over 30 home runs. It's a big deal. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 rated him for our book at an 8d i could have called him a 7d uh and what that means is we expect a 30 percent chance at a, a solid regular and i also think there's a 30 percent as a as an average regular um but like there's it's there and if he's the guy man as ben said he just scolds the ball all the time mm-hmm. uh almost a 50 percent uh 
hitting the ball 95 plus. Like it's a significant, consistent uh, 90th percentiles near 106 miles per hour. Uh, Like it's some unbelievable stuff. Well, what's your retort, Ben? You, no, you, that's yeah, that's spot on. And, and I mean, the guys that they have around there, the one thing that you might have as a retort is, I mean, or not, not even a retort is they don't need him to be at third because they they're they're moving a guy like Marte to third. They've got Steer who's going to be playing third and has played other places. So he can move around a little bit as he gets to, you know, as Marte works his way to third. They've got Collier coming up already. They've got De La Cruz, who who knows where his final destination is on the diamond. They've got a lot of players. They got Sal Stewart, who's you know was kind of originally at least a left side guy, third base for probably. And so I mean, you got a lot of left side of the infield guys who they got to figure out along the way. They don't even need him to be that athlete defensively. Just hit the friggin' ball, <laughs> you know. That's and all that's he the needs thing. To that's really the thing. Do. The outcomes of UT and in fantasy. We all know that, like, to be a UT only guy, you've got to have JT, JD Martinez type. Uh, you got to be Shohei. Yeah. You yeah. got to be those guys. So, like, you know, that's a high standard to cross. But then again, like, he's going to get at bats uh, in that ballpark and in that yeah. division. I mean, the pitching in the division. Granted, there were some, most of that's because the Reds pitching outside of a few guys. Yeah, I was just going to say. Really bad. But, but he like, get to face you'll have own. to face Pirates pitching a bunch. Yeah. Cubs That's have fair. improved, but it's still it's still shaky. And who knows, you know, um, you know, who knows? Every year St. Louis seems to piece it together, but, like, uh, you always kind of scratch your head how they do it. So, who knows? This might be the year they break. I don't know, but, like, uh, that ballpark's gonna gonna drive his uh, his production definitely. Mm-hmm. That's very fair, very fair. All right, we're live here with Chris Blessing. We're talking about the Cincinnati Reds top three, next big three. We covered that. Now we want to move into the Brew Crew, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Reds. We can talk about the Reds for hours. Like Chad says here in our comments, which you guys could all jump in. Come on, get involved. The Reds are fun because you could do top three next three, next three, and next three, and not get more than one identical list across 100 people because there's so much potential in the system. I'm sure you agree with that, Chris. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, Chattanooga last year was was phenomenal. Whenever I needed yeah. an article in the Southern League, uh, I knew f- for sure that the home team would give me somebody, whether it was Joe <laughs> Boyle, who can't throw strikes but oh, has God, unbelievable, outrageous stuff, or a guy like Connor Phillips, if, if he can figure out his sequencing and also figure out, you know, uh, figuring out throwing strikes uh, consistently, uh, like he has a better chance as a starter upside. Uh, like it just was a loaded team. And for fantasy lists, you know, that Ben and I just put together, of course, those hitters are going to be the guys that we, we lean towards. Uh, but in this case, it's, uh, you know, it's just so loaded. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 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 missing guys that I saw last year. Levi Stroud, uh, um, um, Williamson. I can't think of his first name. Right Brandon Williamson. Brandon yeah. Williamson. Ever since I've had COVID, uh, which was yeah. a few weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. my recall has stunk. I don't know really? what it is, but yeah, <laughs> I I can't recall first names. I can recall last names, no problem. But first names is just rather know the last i think i'd rather take the last of the first there's a lot of names in minor league baseball last name will help you more than a first yeah incarnacion strand works fine you know (laughs) ask me we're about to go to the brewers and ask me what the first name of the brother i just thought of it of the guy i'm going to name first is and you know i would have been you know if i didn't just think of that i would have had a hard time (laughs) okay well then Take it away, Chris. Let's move to the Brew Crew. Milwaukee Brewers' top three prospects as you see it today, March 9th. Uh, the big guy, uh, I think this is unanimous between everybody. It's uh, Jackson uh, Chorio. Uh, I guess that's how you pronounce it. He has a brother in the in the Guardians organization. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name again? Jason, right? Jason, yeah. yeah. Uh, With an I? See? Yeah. yeah, J-A-I-S-O-N, something yeah. like that. Uh, I hate to, like, that's, that's, I feel guilty because, like, these are, these are guys and they're trying to get somewhere and I can't remember. I've been on, like, four podcasts and I can't remember first names unless I write them down, like what I'm doing right now. 
Um, Sal Freilich, uh, Boston College product, uh, just a very, um, you know, very, very solid prospect. But he's a guy I like for this year type value. Uh, um, I think a lot of people are making noise about Garrett Mitchell. And rightfully so, but I don't. I, I think that Sal will eventually take over the center field job this year from him. And then my final guy of the three is uh, Joey uh, Weimer, Weimer, oh. um, right-handed uh, hitting outfielder that we saw in the fall league in 2021. Yeah, uh, Eric and Clay went nuts had, about that night. I remember that. Yes, every, everybody loved him. I hated his hitch. He had a horrible hitch oh. in his load. Uh, but like he's resolved it somewhat, like it's still there. Uh, but the it's the hair, it's the it's like golden locks uh, and curly <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Uh, old timers remember a, a guardian. Well, I guess you could say Indians at the time because uh, that's where they were. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the '80s, but we'll say Cleveland. Uh, sure. A Cleveland outfielder named uh, Corey Schneider. Yep. Kind of had oh, the yeah. same look and the same athleticism and the yeah. same type power. Uh, you know, this organization for me really drops off after this. When we get to our uh, next three, we're going to be different. But I'm pretty sure that Ben and Ben and I are pretty much in agreement with who the the top three guys in this organization yep. are. Red alert! Red alert! Commercials incoming! Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert! Commercials incoming! Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert! Red alert! Commercials incoming! In three... Two, one. Oh, I'm curious to see Ben what you say about Weimer because I, I I've heard a lot. I actually remember that year, and there was a lot of hype about him, and also being too much of a strikeout prone type player. So take it away, man. I we've got the same exact three, and I I honestly think I think their system. They're really outfield heavy at the top, and that's just. Their, their best guys are outfield heavy. I mean, you want to throw Garrett Mitchell into that mix and just kind of bring him up because he is kind of one of those other guys at the top of their system. But the big thing with where I think Freilich is the different one of the of that group is that he's more of a baseball rat, baseball skills type of guy. The other ones are holy crap athletes and that just happen to also play baseball well. I mean, Turio is a guy who's just, he just came out of nowhere and put a lot of stuff together last year, along with incredible athleticism. He really put a lot of baseball skills to that. But Weimer, Weimer is just one of those holy cow athletes that you just, you'd like to see a little, every time you watch him play, you walk away or you, you, you leave the game going, I think he could have done a little more. Cause you watch him run to first and you're like, God, that that's a speed demon. Why didn't he steal two bases? Or, you know, he hits one foul that you're just like, Holy cow. Why can't he straighten one of those out? You know, or just, he's got so, so much natural raw ability and it's just, it's like, he can't quite harness it all together just right all at the same time it's yeah i I love the Corey snyder pull pull back because that's that's back to my youth and i i had way too many Corey snyder cards because they were at the back end of like every late 80s baseball card set i mean that's that's definitely a guy that i remember quite a bit and so i mean that yeah that's that's a really good comp as far as skill set and and i mean the he look. Does. I mean, it's it's actually. I think I stole that from Jason Collette at okay. the fall league. I think he was the one that made the comp. Um, but let's you know give it up to Collette. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah, and, um, and you know, Mitchell's the same thing. Mitchell's an, a stud athlete that just he's a lot of times he's he's kind of done the same thing Matt Matt McLean does. He tries to do power, and yeah, physically he's a strong guy. But if if Mitchell just 
be okay with hitting line drives and heck hitting the ball on the ground. Yeah. He'd hit 300 every day because he's going to outrun a lot of ground balls to short because he's that stinking fast. He just, he's trying so hard to lift everything into the air and he's trying to play around with his swing every day. I I don't know that I've seen the same swing on Garrett Mitchell two years in a row since high school, watching him at UCLA, watching him in the minors. He just tinkers with his swing so much and the raw talent is just immense there. So, but yeah, that that's their, their system is really outfield heavy at the top. So, so I'm just going to throw this out there because you mentioned the strikeouts uh, for Weimer. Um, This is going to be really sad after we just talked him up, but um, uh, his zone miss rate was over 30% last year. Uh, Meaning balls in the zone. He just swung through all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, His overall miss rate was under 40%. Um, his chase rate was 33%. He actually made better, cut, more contact on balls out of the zone <laughs> than he did. Yeah. Wow. Like, is that just like, is that terrible? Oh, there was an injury today. Oh my God. That's killer. It was a hamstring that's issue killer. for Mitchell. Yeah. Sets oh, him back a little that's bit. Killer. I don't know how serious Oh my it God. Is, I saw people drafting in Razball and I was like, oh, you guys are going to be so disappointed. Yep. Uh, oh my God! They're, those poor, poor folks are going to be even more disappointed. Sorry, everybody, still vote. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you if you had your tout draft already, or your labor draft already, yeah. or your NFC draft uh, already, I'm sorry. That's the risk uh, of early hear, drafting. I hear uh, Derek Cardi threw out Brendan Rodgers like the day of him going down with a shoulder surgery or something to uh, that effect. Yeah. Her shoulder shoulders injury. are just so bad. So, Things like that happen in spring. It's just, it is what it is. But I mean, that might just make Freilich that much more interesting, which, you know, there might be that much more of a road for Freilich. Like I said, he is such a high floor player. He's not going to hurt you. I don't know if Sal Freilich's really going to be a guy that will ever put up the ceiling that any of these other guys have, but Mm -hmm. he's going to be a solid ball player. It's such a high floor. Like it's just such a high floor that you really can't go wrong. And I, I really like his defense and center too. I mean, he's not, it's once again, it's a high floor defense. I don't know that he's going to be a gold glove defender in center field, but he's not going to make def- major mistakes out there either. When, when I wrote him up last year, after seeing him uh, play for Biloxi, one of the things I, I went back um, and people can do this on MILB TV um, you can go back and kind of try to find games uh, through his uh, game log where he faced quality uh, quality mm-hmm. guys. Like, you know, guys like Taj Bradley. Like, I didn't see him against Taj Bradley. I saw him against a bunch of really good Reds prospects, but, like, guys that might not necessarily have been able to throw strikes or, or you know, yeah. um, sequence and command and all that good stuff. Like, uh, but seeing guys that, that seem pretty apt against sequencing and that sort of thing, he held his own. He was a tough out. Uh, balls in the zone, He it's close to 10% his, his uh, um, CSW. So, yeah, um, like, it, like it, it's just such a high floor. The speed kind of it, – it's a traditional leadoff guy. We don't see many mm-hmm. of them these days. Um, I was very surprised with the amount of home runs he hit. I didn't really see that in batting practice. Um yeah. But like, you know, and we all know, just so y'all know, I don't know if anybody else has shared this, but AAA is like the most juiced environment right now. That ball is is just, I, I mean, I think I could hit uh, two or three home runs and I, I'm 42 years old and I wasn't known as a hitter in high school. So like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I could probably hit two home runs. Uh, so anytime <laughs> you see... A guy hit five home runs in a, in a small sample there. It's kind of like, well, it's triple A. Well, it's not just you know. the PCL. It's all of triple A. Oh, it's all because the ball yeah. is there. Like I run subsets, like trying to find like um, find sleeper guys uh, using the data, you know, to write about and that sort of thing. And like, I'll find a sleeper guy like uh, Elijah Dunham of the Yankees is somebody that, uh, uh, you know, some, some, not really a top 10 prospect, but somebody that's kind of outside the top 10 that 
could be a second division regular, you know, on a, on a team like the, I don't see it be the Yankees, but like on a Pirates team who seems always going to be bad. Um, or the Tigers. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <Go> Tigers. <laughs> We've I've heard them all. I mean, we're already uh, so depressed here. Anything but up or anything that's down is just status quo, really. So who cares? Yeah, yeah. But uh... but, but but just just to finish that point, um, the thing is, is you know w- when you're searching for that, I always remove the AAA sample uh, because the AAA sample just exaggerates everybody, mm-hmm. um, okay. and it's crazy. Like I was telling, um, I was telling uh, a few people last night that every time I run one of those things, Nationals prospect James Wood is always on every list. Uh, um, if we didn't rank him top, if you didn't rank him top ten, Ben, because uh, I, I didn't ne- initially rank him top ten, uh, that's a kid that needs to be ranked top ten. Like, I, I, the data is just freaking out of sight for the low minors, just absolutely. It's it's something to watch when you do pitching stuff too. I mean, yeah. certain like because you'll watch a guy who's been a he allows one to three home runs every level gets triple A and allows fifteen, and everyone's yeah. like, "Well, watch out, he's going to get to the majors and be a guy who allows 15, 20 home runs a year." You're like, "No, no, he's not. No, he's going to go back to maybe five to seven a year because." He's got a really good sinker, and he's been a guy who all the way along has not allowed very many, got to a you know, triple-A. He saw some guys that were able to take him out. If he's got that kind of a level of sinker, it's going to get back to at least something like that. Yeah, You're, you're in a different environment in triple-A. I mean, just look at the Arizona guys uh, that made their debuts oh, last yeah. year and see how they pitched in the major leagues compared to triple-A. Um, I mean, there was a chance – there was a, a – part of the season where we just were like uh, oh my god all these guys are just flaking out but it turns out that you know a lot of that had to do with the psyche i mean there's teams that don't even don't even send guys to the pcl uh, yeah. uh to get beaten on i mean the dodgers had the chattanooga affiliate for so long because they didn't want to send anybody to las vegas when they had the las vegas affiliate well it's amazing what zach allen did a couple years back yeah. Like his yeah. numbers were decent. They weren't like amazing, but they weren't god awful. And it was impressive, yeah. right? Yeah. Brandon Fat this last year was kind of the same way. Ah. He actually had good numbers. He actually led the minor leagues in strikeouts, but he had good numbers in AAA, which kind of makes him go, Ooh, that's yeah. really, really good. <laughs> so anyway, we're not talking Arizona. We should maybe Yeah, we, we got off. We got off. Uh, All right, let's let probably because yeah. the probably because the next part, dude, is gonna stink. Well, give it to us. Give us the next big three for the Brewers as you see it, Chris, whatever it is. All right. So I put Bryce uh, Terang four. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, he could have been three. And then it's just like you're going like this. You're at a roulette table and you're throwing it out at this point. <laughs> uh, and and that's, it's, that's where we're at. Uh, I guess I should just discount Garrett Mitchell for getting hurt today. Uh, but he was my fifth. Uh, and Ben's already kind of covered it. Uh, I, I don't think he, he's going to hit in the big leagues. I, I don't. I, the swing is so ugly. It's so different all the time. Um, I just don't think he's going to hit. But here's the thing. Athleticism plays, and sometimes athleticism can figure it out. So we're throwing out some roulette things. Let's let it ride and, and give a guy that might have a 10% chance of a solid um, regular um, – outcome get there okay and then the the last guy's a guy that we both agreed on uh on our top uh our our next three and that's uh jefferson cuero uh the catching prospect uh in fantasy you don't ever ever really want to push catchy prospects that that highly up there but i think he's a guy that sticks at the position whether there's going to be an automated zone or not and i think he has very good uh, underlying hit um, uh, metrics uh, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, underlying swing that really kind of c- could carry that uh, that profile. Yeah. And Quero was a, a, what, 19 in the AFL this year? Yeah. He, he went was. to the AFL. But he was... His yeah, birthday is was... October 8th, so he was and, just and turning he... 20. He didn't really fit. Like it, it was obvious he was young for the league, mm-hmm. and 
you know, watching batting practice again with other guys, he wasn't, he wasn't at the same level of in the Arizona fall league. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he produced, but like, you just, I throw everything out that happens there. Yeah. Uh, the pitching is God awful. Like, uh, I, I like Emin Sheehan, but if he's your best pitcher in the whole league, that's, uh, yeah, we it, talked it, about it that. That's something I learned going there last fall was that, yeah, mm-hmm. there was just not as many pitchers that are going to be some of the best arms and systems going out there because they don't want to do that. Yeah, so. exactly. So to get my other two guys, other than Quero that we already talked about, Robert Gasser is a guy who I think he kind of fits what the Brewers tend to take and mold well. A uh, guy that they got from the Padres, a lefty, um, had a really nice year last year. Uh, reminds me a lot of, now I'm blanking on a name, uh, lefty that's in their rotation right now, um, Eric. Oh, um, Eric Lauer. Lauer. Lauer, yeah. Reminds me Padres. a lot of his of his approach. I love I, I Lauer this year, by could, the way, so that's good. Yeah, I think that could be a very similar type of uh, approach there. Then the other, I just kind of, I like, Two guys together is my third, and I know that that's cheating, but uh, Eric Brown and Robert Moore, uh, two infielders that they got in the uh, in the 22 draft. And, I mean, Moore actually went down to Australia this winter and held his own and looked pretty darn good. Um, that, I kind of had fun watching him play some Australia ball. I always enjoy watching those games. Um, and then... Brown is a guy who he's got some really interesting hit data stats um, for a guy who's supposed to be a middle infielder. Uh, he's really hit well. And I don't know, I just, they intrigue me, but I think Chris has a, makes a good point that they're the type of guys that this is not, these aren't guys that you're thinking about. If you're putting together a top 100, they're probably not in your top 150. They're, I mean, maybe when you start talking 200, 250, there's, they might start to get into your brain, but they're probably not even on that list. Um, but they're interesting guys that if they hit all of their peak possibilities, they could be useful major leaguer players, major league players. It's just that they've got to hit all of those. And then they could be a, a Luis Arias. I mean, that's kind of what they could turn into, that type of a player, if they hit all of those things. But I don't know that, you know, you've got to hit all those along the way. And that's just the thing. Yeah, you mentioned something, Ben, there about, you know, Gasser and you've, you did the Lauer uh, comp and, then you you threw out your eyes uh, out there. Um, all these old Padres guys. Um, you know, it's always interesting when you see an organization do a lot of deals with another organization. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, that means that one of those uh, those groups is not valuing as high somebody than than another group. That's how prospect trades are done. Usually, it's usually like you're you're getting a guy that that you believe can be better. And so, you know, the Padres are an organization that's uh, on the amateur side, not, not, you know, the pro side's different. Pro scouting's much different. Uh, but on the amateur side, they're a tools-heavy uh, group. All these other teams are very in-depth with their models, whether they're good models or not. The Padres are going to take chances on a guy, like we talked about James Woods Wood from the Nationals a guy that looked bad during the spring. They took a chance on him because they saw the uh, uh, enormous potential and, yeah. and did the work on it. So their guy, their, their team's going to take guys that are a little bit higher upside type deals uh, that might not have the finish of somebody, you know, like, uh, um, like somebody that the, the Brewers will take. The Brewers tend to take a lot of draft picks that are high floor guys. Uh, the two guys that that uh, Ben mentioned are both very high floor guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sal Freilich was a high floor guy. Bryce Terang was a high floor guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really and truly, like Mitchell was kind of a high floor guy as well. Um, 
I think they t- they took value at that time of the draft and they went best player available. But still, like there was this underlying skill that he'd get to the major leagues at least. Yeah. Um, but doesn't that have to going do with back the to Gasol, going though? back, what? Doesn't have to do they, with the organization's structure in terms of the money they can spend. Like the Padres, they can yeah. spend a lot more money than the Brewers do too. So they're going to work that within the framework as well. Not, I mean, not always. I mean, it just depends where you're where you're slotted and what kind of money you get during the draft that year. And yes, the Brewers don't have as much because they're they've been consistently better. You're right, uh, but you can make the draft work how you want. I mean, you look yeah. at the Guardians organization right now, and they perennially have had to pick in the 20s uh you know this last year was the first time that they've picked in the teens in a very long time yet they still have one of the best farm systems in baseball we we saw that on display last year uh with the guys that they brought up so like you know working sometimes working with less money you can be smart and i think that's what the brewers do really well what makes me excited about Robert Gasser specifically is you look at his stuff. You look at how he pitches. Um, you know, I, I think the Lauer Lauer comp as a skill wise is a really good skill wise, but Gasser has better stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as hard. Yeah. He's gets significant sweep off of that slider. Um, his uh, he mixes and he mixes a four seamer, a two seamer and a, um, and a cutter. So he has different angles. His fastballs are going at, and, and that's really something like he, he's crafty. The four seam fastball specifically, um, is one of our, you know, our favorite type, you know, uh, VAA, um, flat angle type pitches. Um, and, and then even his changeup, his changeup is a higher spin than most changeups, mm-hmm. but it has significant vertical break. So like, this is a guy that if he can throw strikes and that's, that's the question that's been the issue, going yeah. over the Brewers organization, they're willing, as we know, with guys like Freddie Peralta, um, um, oh my God, I can't, the, the really good pitcher that just got hurt. I can't remember his name. See this code. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. his his uncle was a player. I, I yep. <laughs> um, But this this yeah. is what this has done. This 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 COVID has mixed me up. But anyway, um, these guys like they will take their time with their pitching. They will find roles for them to succeed, and then all of a sudden, Corbin Burns wasn't a big prospect. Brandon Wood, like they weren't big prospects. Peralta wasn't. None of these guys were big prospects. But the Brewers churn this out. They have types. And Robert Gasser getting traded to the Brewers, A, was goldmine for him. But also, like, it, it, it served notice. So if he shows his ability, this guy is a pitcher that could easily go from outside of 250, you know, on the, on the cusp of the top 100, um, you know, even, even higher than that. It, it's just a matter of them honing that ability. And the Brewers are one of the top six pitching organizations in baseball. So like I, buy him. If, 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 if you're in a deeper <laughs> format, this is a guy to go after. And, and Burns is a guy, a great example of a guy of what they do. You know, he spent the first few years working out of the bullpen as a long guy, walking three, four guys. I mean, well, mm-hmm. two and a half to four guys every nine. And then it clicked and now he's a guy who walks under two. You know, he figured out the control aspect, the control and command aspect, and now he's a dominant starter. He always had that stuff. He just needed to get it in the zone. Yeah. And once they figured that out, and they kind of figured it out at the big league level with him. You know, they got him up to the big league level, found a role at the big league level where he could work on that and get comfortable in the big leagues. And sometimes that's what you got to do with them. I mean, Hayter came up and they were kind of trying to do that with him right away. They used him for multi-innings for a while. And they said, you know what? Let's just put you at the back of the bullpen because nobody can touch you. And we can throw you out there every day for an inning and no one can touch you. That's going to be better for us than trying to extend you for four innings, five innings. And we aren't sure that you're going to keep the ball in the zone enough to be a starter and go five innings. So they figure that out using those roles right in the middle of a ball game, which honestly, I think that's really brilliant development to bring a guy up and let him figure it out 
as he's learning the major leagues. All right. Wow. We got to cut it. We're going way over and I got <laughs> so much work to do tonight. So that was, I was trying to that. beat Jeff Ponce. That's all I was trying to do. I was trying to have a longer episode than he did. Ah, the truth has been revealed. There it is. Yeah, by the way, Ben, I, Ben, I'm really curious to see what, uh, Chris hook, right. Is that the pitching coach for the Brewers? I think his name, he, I wanted to see what he could do with Bryce Wilson, who is in camp with them. Oh. And I'm hoping that maybe they could salvage his career. Because, you know, he pitched 115 innings last year. They weren't good innings, but he knows if I'm going to trust the top five pitching coach, it's probably going to be Hook and what the Brewers can do. So I'm hoping that's what I wrote about in Grooving with Govier the other day on FTNFantasy.com, that Bryce Wilson is someone to keep an eye on in camp because he can't, he's got no options. So he has to make the roster or else he won't be with them. So we'll see what happens. And if they think he's worth it, that'll be someone to keep an eye on. That has nothing to do with prospects so much. He was a prospect, but... Just somebody that I think you guys, as fantasy players, keep your eyes on. This has been super informative. Chris Blessing, you killed it. You brought a lot to us today, and we could talk for another hour easy. But uh, yeah, I don't have that when you're fun. Yeah, I was just yeah. <laughs> Ben's got basketball to cover again. I'm certain of it. We want to thank Chris yep. for joining us. Uh, thank you. Uh, any highlights uh, to point out here going forward, Chris? Anything you want uh, well, us to be I'll, keeping track of? I'll be joining of? you in New York for touts. So uh, yeah. Uh, AL only right here. I finished last place in my first year, so uh, we're, we're just uh, any any anything else is up from last place, right? Uh, I almost on on the last day of the season, another Jason Collette uh, uh, mentioned. I almost squeaked out eleventh place in that league or or whatever place it is, but but he was one better than I was. So this year, hey. I, I, I'm aiming for the top, but like anything else is is gravy at this point. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. I'm in the auction, the 12 team auction mixed, and I don't know how that's gonna play out. It's gonna be a learning experience, possibly maybe a humbling reality check. But I also want to mention tonight, of those of you are watching, I got the live draft stream for the NFBC at 9:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be doing a live draft, OC 12 team, and I think. Defending overall main event winner, Bob Cramutola's in this one. So it's going to be some guys that know what they're doing. And if you want to see me doing real-time strategy in a draft that's going to fly by, come check it out. That's the High Stakes Fantasy Network YouTube channel, also known as the NFBC's YouTube channel. 9.30 Eastern time tonight. Don't miss it. Should be a lot of fun. That's why I got to prep for that, and I got to do one more show before that. So I want to thank right, Chris. Uh, ben. Have a great evening. Be careful with the snow, Ben. Be careful with the snow. Enjoy the basketball, the girls' basketball. The tournament's going down. And, uh, by the way, are you posting anything else for Rotoballer right now? or Not not at the moment. I'm working on a few things, but nothing else going up that I know of right now. So Okay, cool. All right, well, thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody. This is Plotso Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs on Twitter. Follow Chris, Give follow Ben, follow me. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Power Prospects. Make a person trade everything for a king. Juan DeFranco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.